Aloha, I'm Schwen, the creator of Journaling Sisters, and I'm here to share my thoughts on life, journaling, and women putting ourselves central in our lives. Journaling, taking the time to reflect on our lives, our thoughts and feelings, and what we really want is truly a revolutionary act. And I am thrilled and grateful to have the opportunity to connect with you. Let's dive in. Welcome, Debbie. Thanks so much for here with me. Um, and uh, welcome to Journaling Sisters Presents Girlfriend Conversations for Your Soul. I'm Shwen Butler, and I have an awesome, amazing, creative guest with me here today, Debbie Swan um, from the UK. So welcome, Debbie. Hi, Shwan. It's really lovely to be here. Really good. Really nice to see you. Yeah. Oh, hey. <laughs> Um, yeah, so we have gotten to know each other a little bit in this recent period, and um, huh? it's been really great to also get to, you know, share business thoughts and women entrepreneurial thoughts and, you know, our creative workshop thoughts and bounce them around with each other. So um, thanks so much for doing the podcast today, and I'm excited to dive right in. Um, yeah. Does that sound good? Yeah, it sounds great. Fantastic. Yeah, looking forward to it. Okay, so um, first is pretty easy just to hear a little bit about your background. So where did you grow up and, you know, anything about your childhood or your background you want to share? Okay, so, um, well, I grew up, I didn't grow up, I'm in Kent at the moment um, in the UK, but I grew up in Devon actually originally so I'm a country bumpkin by heart <laughs> um, lots of freedoms it was quite a while ago I'm not letting my age um, <laughs> onto onto a podcast but um, yeah it was a while ago so there were many more freedoms then than there are now um, so I grew up rolling around the countryside and um, just having a, a great time really um, we moved up to Kent when I was about 12 and um, so I kind of did my secondary schooling up here um which was which was okay um just, and yes yeah. to um get a better sense so what was um what were some of your favorite what was one of your favorite um you know playtime activities when you were little oh when I was little um oh I we used to play so many different games we had such a, a great community of kids and we were always out but I guess at the time champion the wonder horse was on the telly a lot and I was very horsey um so actually riding my bike with my friends playing champion the wonder horse will be forever ingrained on my brain so we used to think our bikes were horses because we couldn't afford a horse, obviously. Um, they're very expensive things. Um, and uh, yeah, so uh, so yeah, just riding around on our bikes, pretending we were on horses. <laughs> awesome. I love that. Okay, great. So I interrupted you before. I don't know if you wanted to jump back to where you were. Um, no, that's well, I was just going to say um, I just kind of grew up here at through my secondary years and yeah have settled here with my husband and not left 
yet. <laughs> There's still time. There's still time. You never know. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> let's see. So just back to your younger years for a little bit. What are um, top one or two defining moments in your life before you were 30? Okay, I've had a, a long think about this. So I'm glad you sent me this question a little while ago because I have, I have had to think about this because obviously um, I think most of my biggest defining moments have been after I've been 30, um, the things that have made a real impact on my life. So I was thinking, goodness, what happened? What, what did happen before I was 30? I can't really remember. Um, so I have to say, obviously, having both my children before I was 30, I mean, that was a huge defining moment for me because it, it meant for me a change in um, my lifestyle. It meant a change in the way that I worked um, and probably kind of a change in my mindset about what I wanted to do when I worked you know I wanted to spend time with my children and and it also gave me the grounding for what I'm doing today so my teaching career kind of came on the back of having them so that had to be a key defining moment for me um and then I was thinking oh goodness I was thinking of so I was trying to think of something else because having children is one of those things you know that a lot of people would say yeah that's a big moment in my life um and what I came up with was um I failed my A-levels now here in the UK we have examinations when we're 16 to have um it's certificates of education and then we have um you go on to either college or you go into work or mm -hmm. you do a levels as your your next step in your education mm -hmm. um and so i went on to a levels um and i was doing the things that i loved i was doing english i was doing art and i did french i failed all of them and yet art was something that i did all the time, every day. I loved it. I drew, I created, I designed, I made my own clothes. Oh. <laughs> I did so much. Uh -huh. And yet, I think, you know, I was thinking about this and thinking actually, probably our teachers didn't teach, didn't teach. You know, my mm. art teacher was quite mm. laid back and he just let us get on with doing what we we're doing. And there was no kind of guidance as to, Oh, well, you could get through this exam because you're actually quite good. It was like, oh, yeah, you just do that. That'd be fine. You know, it was that kind of attitude. Whereas, you know, today it's very test exam driven. So I'm not saying that I didn't have a great time, but I think, sorry, going back, I'm, I'm waffling a bit now, but going oh, back, no failing those A levels, <laughs> failing them mm -hmm. didn't really shock me. Um, I, I'm quite I, I'm one of those people that where something happens I just go right okay it's happened let's move on let's do what we need to do now what's next that's great but um so failing them I kind of went right okay so I have a Saturday job they've offered me a summer job right I'll go and work there in the summer at the end of the summer I then got offered a uh, full-time job in the same place I was working in a, a local department store but it was an independent one so it was kind of run it wasn't one of these national chains or anything like that it is now but it wasn't then um and then 
I got to work in a department with um, a lady who took me under her wing. She was the buyer. So because we were independent, she had to do all the buying of the clothes, the department running it. Took me under her wing, thought that I could do what she was doing and basically train me up on the job. So I ended up being assistant buyer of the menswear department. They wouldn't let me be buyer because I was too young. I was only about 22 at the time. Mm. So, um, and there were lots of old men up up high and they thought that I couldn't do that so so they put one of those old men in charge of me but he couldn't he couldn't do the jobs he just went along with me and I did the buying and he took the credit and the money um but if I hadn't have done that I wouldn't have got um my kind of my management skills my retail my sales skills you know all of those things I think I'm quite confident as a person now but I wouldn't have been if I hadn't have had that opportunity mm-hmm. you know because as a manager of a, a department in a store or a shop or anything like that you know you deal with customers that are really not very nice sometimes mm-hmm. to you that, that are irritated because something's gone wrong you have to deal with um, other members of staff and and it was a really big learning curve when I look back um, and it's really kind of made me who I am, I suppose. Mm. So, so yeah, so quite a defining moment. So from failing my A-levels was probably a good thing for me to do because had I got them, I'd have gone to art college and oh, goodness knows what would have happened. Mm. I'd have been you know, doing these things because I don't think I ever would have become a famous fashion designer like I wanted to be. I probably would have just kind of gone off and tried to do something and not not being the person that I am today mm-hmm. whereas I'm confident enough today to kind of run a business and do that and I wouldn't have been able to do that if I hadn't have got those skills earlier on so just yeah. goes to show I think I think life is kind of mapped out for you sometimes and these things I happen for a reason in ways that you hadn't planned on and yeah absolutely yeah yeah very interesting yeah. um well that leads me to the next question very well actually um when did you start wanting to become an entrepreneur and um you can tell us about your highlights on the way and your key lessons that you learned along the way yeah so I think a little there's been a little bit of it in me probably since I left retail um, I don't think before that time there was, but when I had my chair, I left retail. Well, I didn't leave. I left that department store when I had my, Tom, my first child. Um, and I didn't really want to go back. So I think for me, it was very much um, looking at ways, things that I could do that would make some money um, and stop me having to go back there because I wanted to spend time with my child I could do something self-employed work for myself I was quite creative and I did start making things and um, at the time stenciling was a really big thing Um, people had their houses stenciled and I was really good at it and I could cut stencils I didn't have a cricket machine like we have now it was purely drawn by hand cut by hand um and I could do all that and I remember going with my my stepfather at the time um 
going to someone's house where he'd been painting and decorating and they'd asked for some stencils so I had to go and do this stencil in their house um, and get and I got paid for it so I I, I started those entrepreneurial thoughts then um sadly sorry was sorry. that indoors or outside indoors yeah oh, okay. indoors yeah it was a very big thing yeah back in the 90s early 90s I would say very cool. yeah. here yeah so um so yeah but I don't think because I had small children I don't think it kind of I was motivated enough really I spent so much time with them um I didn't have that oomph behind me really to have the time to to go for it um and gradually just kind of a job came up so I took it a job in a school came up so I took that as a, a kind of helper um and life just kind of took over then so it was kind of the the children and these little part-time jobs that kept coming up I went back to retail and worked there part-time mm -hmm. um and all of that happened. Um, and then um, I think obviously I then I went to I went to university later and did my teaching. Um, and I've taught for the what the last 17 years really. And um, so my entrepreneurial journey really properly started in about 2018, 19. So not that long ago really. Um, I'd had enough of teaching. I left teaching full time anyway, um, purely because of the pressure and I wasn't well. So I thought, no, that's enough is enough. I've got to look after myself. So um, a lot of bureaucracy or when you say pressure, is it just like? Yeah, politics. politics. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the pressures from above to be um a good school an outstanding school to to raise everyone's expectations of children that you know are doing their best you know you've got teachers I was at senior leadership level by then and and then the pressure from above you is even is even more you know why aren't these why aren't you making why aren't you getting the results you know what's wrong and why aren't you sacking that teacher because she's rubbish and instead of um kind of helping teachers to kind of get themselves sorted it was very much getting to a case of you know you need to get rid of her there was no choice out of it and that that's not the way I work I don't work like that I try to encourage people um let them see where they're going wrong and kind of coach them I guess coach them out of a situation into a new situation so they become a better person a better teacher so anyway, didn't suit me. <laughs> probably no, did. It's different in different schools, and I was probably just in the wrong place at the wrong time. But well, it didn't do me very well. You wanted a much more humane, you know, working environment. Yeah. And yeah. Like it's definitely yeah. kind of direction capitalism going just like fast paced, and not really caring about people mm. so much as numbers or profit yeah. or. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, exactly how it is. And I know that there are schools out there that don't do it like that and run really well. You know, I've worked in them and um, I had support from other head teachers as well that that were running schools the way that 
I wanted to run my school, but it didn't suit the people above me. So, you know, such is life. So um, I've kind of lost my track now. Oh, yes. so, yeah, so, <laughs> becoming an entrepreneur. Good. Right, that was great. So then you got to, you got your opportunity to leave and... Yeah, so I left and yeah, got, got my opportunity to, to become to become something else so strangely enough I didn't come straight into Signini I I actually um started by building a a supply teacher website for myself initially um so so yeah so when I left I actually went to a, a website developer and said look I've got this idea I want to to do online um like a like an agency but working for ourselves, so not having all your money taken by a supply agency. We have, we our teachers lose so much money if they work for an agency. You know, they they get like, I don't know, I won't say half because there'll probably be someone listening who'll say that's not true. Um, but they they take um, they take a lot of money. Um, and I wanted to do something different. I wanted to change the world. So. Yeah, I got this website developed, which um, is currently offline at the moment. Is this like um, a recruiting agency? Yeah, it's like, okay, okay. It like that, but it was based around teachers having control of their own um, calendars and things. So, so you wouldn't actually um, you wouldn't actually be part of an agency. You would have the access to something online and that your calendar and your booking and everything else and you would run that separately but I would be giving you the access to that um unfortunately here in the UK um we have to pay um our taxes through um through schools or through agencies so my stumbling block was that I hadn't even thought about that and when I went to HMRC who run our our government taxes um, it was a no-go. I couldn't do it because teachers didn't wouldn't pay enough um, national insurance. Oh. So, didn't think of that, did I? So until that changes, um, but my supply, which is what it was called, um, is just sitting on the back burner until what is all it of called? that changes. Book my supply. Oh, cute. So yeah, so that just sits on the back burner. Um, I did advertise it with schools. I did go to schools. I took it to a school who oh, then great. employed me. Um, we couldn't do it the way that I wanted it to, but they employed me anyway. So I got work off the back of just advertising it. And it was a really good stepping yeah. stone in my entrepreneurial journey mm. to, to take something that I got and actually put myself out there because that's one of the biggest things, isn't it? Mm -hmm. is that you have this idea and you sit there and you go oh nobody's going to want this and it's taking that big step to go actually I'm going to have to actually talk to people about this because otherwise no one's going to know about it so you know which I would quite happily with Signini I would quite happily just sit here in my little craft space you know, making my things and never telling anyone about them um but with Boot My Supply, I really had to. I had to tell them because otherwise I wouldn't have got any work. So yeah. that was really good. That was a really good kind well, of highlight, I suppose. Big, yeah, big props and congratulations to you because, um, you know, the more I learn and read about entrepreneurial journeys, just 
everyone has had, you know, like 10, you know, plus hiccups before you see their mm -hmm. like amazing thing that they have now. And it's like, well, they tried, you know, eight other things before that, that we yeah. didn't see. Um, but, um, you know, they stumbled through all that and, and you learned so much from your yeah. last experience and you got work from it. So that's great. Yeah. Yeah. It's so true. It's and you so didn't true. let it stop you. You didn't give up. Yeah, no, I didn't. It just, um, I think it, it started the fire, really. I think that's what what got me going. You know, it started the, the cogs turning and, mm -hmm. and the fire burning in my belly just so that I could, you know, okay, that didn't work. I didn't get down about it. I just kind of went, right, okay, so what should we do now? You know, that's kind of my attitude with life. I think that's my dad. <laughs> Bless him. Thank you, dad um gave me that kind of you know lacy fair kind of attitude you know let's just do it you know let's get on with it mm. so yeah so so in the meantime I was still kind of doing crafty stuff and and selling it to friends that, that was the big bit I think that was my turning point was I made some um little oyster we, we live in near Whitstable which is famed for its oysters um so um I was collecting the oyster shells from the beach and filling them and making tea-like handles. Um, and then I sold quite a few to friends and family. Um, Christmas of 2018, I think it was. Um, so that kind of, I thought, oh, actually I could do this. Um, and then I managed to get them in a couple of shops in Whitstable because they wanted them and they, they don't sell very quickly. But they're still there and they still sell. Obviously, all of our shops have been shut down for so long. You know, they, that's the reason they're still there. But, um, yeah, so so that kind of got me thinking, oh, I could sell things. Um, mm -hmm. And then I made some other bits and pieces. Um, we had Easter coming up and I thought, oh, I could do a I could do a craft fair. That's what I'll do. That'll be my next step. I'll do a craft fair. Mm -hmm. um, and I... I'd been encouraged to do it in the past and, you know, never thought, oh, no, I can't do that. Um, but I did. I, I, well, I signed up for it, let's put it that way, and then COVID struck. So that was the end of my dream, wasn't oh. it? So, <laughs> so no craft fair for me. And I have loads of Easter stock just oh, sitting perfect. in the shop. Oh, okay. <laughs> for the next I mean. one. <laughs> waiting for the next one yeah because yeah. even this Easter got got stopped as well yeah so um, yeah so no craft fairs till next Easter um so but that then I had to think of something else didn't I and um I I did um some teaching in lockdown I did some homeschooling videos in lockdown just because I wanted some, to give something back so I thought you know I've got this experience I'll just go on Facebook I'll do some lives I'll teach parents something and then they can watch it um, and they might pick up some tips on how to homeschool creatively you know I wasn't about sitting down with a piece of paper it was more about running around the garden or you know running around the house or <laughs> painting decorating whatever it didn't matter it was just out oh, of nice. the ordinary ways of learning nice. um all sorts of different things science experiments we would do oh it was great I really enjoyed doing that 
Um, but that gave me then the experience to, to do the workshops that I do today. So from that, um, uh, I thought, oh, I, could, I could do a little workshop and, and children might come along and they might pay to come along, you know. Uh-huh. Um, and I had a few um, come along to the first one in Halloween. And then since then, I think because I've, I've networked and made so many really good friends, I've uh, even though they've been online like you and there were some other people um I had a lady in the UK here who whose children went to school and she said you know what I'm going to tell my um my parent teacher association about your workshops we can maybe do an online one and raise some money so we did and and they raised money and I had quite a few children come along to those which one Um, was that that was a Halloween Oh no, sorry, that was at Christmas. It was planned for Halloween and then something happened and we couldn't do it. So we did a Christmas one. What did you so, make? Yeah, we made um we made a Christmas tree garland. So we had oh. a garland. I was just looking around thinking, have I got one hanging up? I haven't. That's okay. But yeah, so we made little little felt Christmas trees with with baubles cut oh, out of yeah. them and um and then tissue paper put inside so they were different colour and then stuck tied onto um, a garland really mm-hmm. cute really cute so they did that um I did I actually ended up doing a Halloween one for um a corporate team building exercise we did soup we did soup we did um pumpkin soup and oh. um, carving pumpkins so you know my talents are <laughs> oh, wherever you want great. was that in person was it, was no that, that was online as well yeah no that was zoom zoom great. so they, they were in ireland yeah so that was great that oh they was were really in ireland cool. wow yeah. very cool how did you um how did you find that one well for that one no they found me um i right. i advertised my halloween kids workshops i advertised them on um eventbrite and yeah, they found me on there and they emailed me and said, I know you're doing kids events, but do you do adults ones? Oh, and wonderful. I just said, yes. Yes, of course I do. Yeah. So now I do. Now I do adults as well as children. <laughs> That's great. And I love that, that you just jumped on it, even though you hadn't done it before, technically. But like you said, like, why not? Yeah. Why not? Um, why not? Yeah. And I'm You've curious- got to have that attitude. Yeah, I was going to ask about that, your attitude. So I'm curious, I know you mentioned earlier that you did feel, you know, a little more shy or nervous in the past. Mm -hmm. And um, Mm -hmm. I guess two questions. One is, you know, where, where do, I don't know, like, where did the fear come from? Like, were you always, were you a shy kid or something like that? And then what was it that helped you get out of that, um, you know, reserve reservedness and be able to come out of your shell more and just take more risks? Yeah, I was definitely a shy child. Um, oh, I'm an okay. only child. Um, I don't I don't have any siblings at all. Um, lots of friends. I don't remember being particularly shy with my friends, um, but put me in a situation and I was very very shy um I was one of those kids that would just go bright red every time anyone spoke to them 
that you didn't know, you know, I would just go bright red. I remember going to a school, I think um, we went away for a school trip, like stayed away for a few days. Um, and I got there, everyone got an award at the end of it. And I got the award for blushing the most. Oh, boy. So, how cruel is that? <laughs> oh, no. I was going to say, I don't know if you loved it or hated that. I don't know. I don't know. At the time, I was just completely red. So it probably didn't matter. So I was obviously renowned for being the blusher of the year group. <laughs> but yeah, so I've always. I guess not being that confident I suppose um although I kind of had this attitude of you know oh you know let's just move on and do something else I don't know where that came from I mean my dad was always very kind of laid back um and I got a lot of that from him um well, he's worked away a lot, so I spent a lot of time with my mum. So I don't really know where the shyness came from, but I do That's... remember being pain, painfully shy mm. as a young child. And then, so what... I go on. Oh, sorry. And then, where did you start feeling like you started coming out of your shell and you're willing to take risks? And I, I think with the business has helped. <laughs> yeah, I think being older has helped. But I would say I probably didn't get better at, I don't know, it's really hard. I would say having children makes you more, um, I guess, confident in dealing with situations, but not because you're dealing with them. It's dealing, it's protecting them, isn't it? So if you have kids, you protect them. So the only way to protect them is to actually say what you think to somebody mm. who might be you know telling you like their teacher might be telling you that that they're not very good at this or they've done something wrong or something yeah. like that and and without being bullshit about it you know you have to come up with a way of dealing with that in a nice way in a polite way it, but in a confident way so you're saying well yeah okay that's that's fine but and I guess having to put yourself in those situations for your children when they can't defend themselves um, makes you more confident. Um, but I used to put myself in, in strange, you know, like I was saying about the retail thing, I would have to deal with that. So maybe it was then, you know, because you have to deal with those people. I had to deal with lots and lots of situations. I worked for mother care at some time. I don't know if you have mother care in the US. Um, no, Mother Care over here is a is a is a big um, company. I don't actually know if they still if they're still around. Anyway, um, big business, um, all to do with children, babies. You buy your prams from there, so they have like big stores here. Oh, nice. Um, but the amount of you can imagine a new parent whose pram has gone wrong, or is that you a know, stroller? Something, yeah, stroller. If okay. it's if it's gone wrong, if it's broken, the wheels fallen up. Can you imagine a new parent? They came in and they would be absolutely. You could see them fuming as they walked through the door. 
you know, and having to deal with that as a manager, because I was kind of the 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 part time weekend manager I was oh. at the time. I used to get all of it at the weekend because that was the only time they could come in because they were working all week. So you know, and I was still quite young then. So I don't know dealing with that. I guess that kind of strengthens you up to be more confident. So, oh yeah. I mean, that's like hospitality and, you know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Customer I mean, service, all of that. Yeah. At 18, I was I was working in a bar. So, yeah, I guess all of those kind of little situations kind of mm-hmm. make you eventually have to have to be more confident. Mm. So there are still little things. And I think, oh, I don't want to do that. And I kind of pass it over to my husband and you deal with that. But more often than not, it's the other way around. And he says, oh, you deal with that. Oh, really? Nice. <laughs> for you, um, So I think that's kind of where I got my confidence. Yeah, just, just growing up, really. Well, I'm going to just change gears a little bit just because yeah. um, it's a matter of time. And it's yeah, you know, gotten a really great um, just a little bit highlights and overview so far, but before we get along too far, of course, I want to make sure I ask you about journaling <laughs> in your life. And, yeah. um, you know, with journaling sisters, I really um, have tried to emphasize, um, you know, supporting women and figuring out how to put ourselves central in our lives and taking care of ourselves and our needs and instead of always being the caretaker for others. Mm-hmm. And, um, so in terms of making time for journaling in your life and, um, you know, using journaling, hoping, hopefully to help, you know, help us figure out our own dreams and feelings and needs and wants and all of those things. So how has journaling played a role in your life? Um, I don't know if it's since you're young or in your adult life and has it helped you, you know, get through any difficult periods or I'd love to hear all that. Yeah, I think um, I th- I'm not really journal. I don't remember. I think as a child, I probably kept like a diary, which is pretty much a similar sort of thing. Um, but oh, I don't sure. remember doing that. I remember doing that for a while, but not consistently. Um, so really, the last it's only been the last few years and probably since I left teaching. That's when I started putting down my my thoughts and my my worries my well everything all my emotions would just go down on a page of paper and not necessarily in a in a journal sometimes I would just pick up a piece of paper and I just um scribble my thoughts down about what was going on in my head at the time because you know I'd been through quite a rough patch physically mentally you know, I just wasn't in the same place and I and I couldn't really understand what had gone wrong because I really was doing a great job and I loved what I was doing. Um, so emotionally for me, that was a huge thing. Um, so I didn't journal regularly, I still don't. I don't journal like every day or yeah. certain days a week. I'll just kind of pick it up now I do it more now over the last year I think I've done it more than um, I've ever done it maybe more than a year 
donate. Um, but like I say, I, I quite often will pick up a pad or a book. I, ha I have them all kind of stacked on here and they're all kind of half empty. But sometimes I'll, I'll grab one off the shelf and, and I'll open it up and there'll be like things I've written in there from just a random moment where I've had a kind of a rant in my head and just gone right and written everything down on paper nice. um, about all the things that were were going wrong or that I was going to do about it um so mm. in that respect journaling although it's not consistent it's really helped me with my well-being mm. um and now I, have a, a, I do have a a book a notebook by my bed which I put my thoughts in and again I don't do it regularly um like oh, I think okay. well I did it I did it yesterday morning I just sat in my in bed with a cup of tea and I just wrote down right this is what's going to happen today um, I did it this morning because I've I've been teaching for a few days so all of the stuff that I've been planning for Signini has just gone completely on the back burner so today I got it out and I just went right this is today I'm going to be really proactive and I'm going to get this done this done this done and there's all sorts of really positive things in today's journaling entry um but more often than not it's about my my journey through my emotions um yeah. I'm kind of perimenopause so it's like this I'm like this <laughs> you know this is what it's like <laughs> in my world at the moment I'm up and down like goodness knows what so my journal reflects that some days it's like really positive and it's lovely and then the next day it's like oh my god what's happened so I think yeah, we all, so, all of us women experience that whatever whatever state yeah. we are in our moon cycles oh I think you I know. Were honest about that though yeah no but it's really good and I really enjoy it. and I love writing you know I've always loved writing I don't know you know why I ever stopped or didn't pick up a journal before really but I I love that aspect of just being able to on the on the page whatever it's about and um, get it out of my head that's that's the, the better thing I feel so much yeah. better when I can get it out of my head and put it down on paper it's almost like I've gone right okay that's dealt with now now I can move on with something or you know what? It makes me feel better. It does make me feel better when I've put it on paper. Yeah. Even physically, I feel better when I yeah. put it on paper. If I'm aching or anything like that, I think, no, it's okay. I am aching. Um, mm. I remember doing mindfulness and um, I did a mindfulness. Um, I read a book very early on after I'd left teaching um, and kind of went through that. And there was very much an idea of telling your body that it's actually okay it's okay to have a headache or to ache or because if you tell your body mm. it's okay then your body reacts differently than if you're fighting against it if you've got a headache and you're fighting against it mm -hmm. you're actually making it worse than if you go oh I've got a headache oh well you know then let, you let still got the headache but your body relaxes more yeah and then you you get get over it quicker so there's a little bit of that I guess in journaling is that it helps me to kind of go yeah it's okay it's down there on the page now 
Mm. You know, there's, there's absolutely nothing wrong with feeling the way I'm feeling, but it's mm. getting my emotions out. So, so yeah. yeah, I think that's really interesting because um, just thinking about you know this the the saying they say that um, there's two kinds of people in the world, and then they'll say you know x x and y or something like that. And so I feel like just you know the folks or the women who are attracted to journaling versus you know the people who just want to keep going on to the next and the next next thing and um it's just i don't know it's a different kind of mentality or um you know uh, attitude maybe um outlook on life and um yeah not saying that there's anything wrong with a different point of view but um just yeah, it's interesting, right? The folks who like to slow down and then the folks who don't want to slow down or, yeah, yeah. you know, those of us who want to look at our feelings and, and others who are just, you know, want to jump to the next rock and the next rock. So that's um, yeah. great to hear that you find benefit from um, mm. pausing and, and looking at your feelings. And Yeah, absolutely. And I think it helps you, although you pause for that moment, you also, it makes you realise that you need to look after yourself. Quite often, if, I, if I've written something down, I look at it and I go, okay, I probably don't need to do that today because, you know, it's not very often that I put in there, right, you're going to do this today, that today, that today, that today. But I'll look at the page after I've written it and think, hmm, okay. So if it's in the evening, I think, right, okay, so tomorrow is going to be a, 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 a slow down day, you know, mm. take it easy on yourself because you're feeling like this. Mm. Whereas if I hadn't have written it down, I would probably just, you know, get up and carry on working the next day. So, oh, right. huge benefits, really huge benefits to journaling, yeah. That's great. Um, do you usually, it just makes me thinking about planning and using your calendar, do you have a specific way that you plan out your days or do you have a daily planner that is that you're religiously tied to or um, more just to really. do lists? Yeah, um, I do have a, I have a diary. I used to do, I had my daughter made me a daily planner. Oh which, yes, yes. This is perfect because I was going to ask you about you and Hannah a little bit. <laughs> Okay, so I yeah, so I did start using my daily planner, but then I found that I was not sticking to it, so it was a bit of a waste of time. So I've got my weekly diary, which I put my things in, and I take oh, them off when I've done them. Um, quite often things get moved along because <laughs> because something else comes up, or I get distracted. I'm not, I'm not, I get distracted a lot. Um, but uh, yeah, so. So I kind of go day to day, but I have a rough idea of what I need to get done by the end of the week. So right. I'm not religious about it. I do need to get better at it um, if I'm going to make progress. <laughs> and I know that. But yeah, so I don't plan and I don't. I plan roughly. Yeah. yeah. So like today, I, I kind of planned what I wanted, what I wanted to happen by the end of the day. And about 75% of it has happened. So that's okay that's for great. me. That's it. Yeah. That's, 
that's that for the end of the day yeah yeah not bad at all really well I want to be cognizant about your time as well um is there any um before we wrap up are there any other things you want to say about um you know your signini crafts i didn't get to ask you about what you're excited about right now with your business what's coming up with your business and go ahead yeah 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 so um so obviously um well not obviously I, this month i have i've done the right thing i've taken a break so we've taken a break this month nice. next month we are running a 30 day creative challenge oh my word why on earth did I do this but 30 days of free activities for the whole month um, oh wow if, if anyone is interested they can sign up at um the website okay um, yeah I'm sure oh, you'll have oh. details for um yes so so, so yes that's running August? this starts first of August through to the 30th so 30 oh, okay. days. Um, I didn't go 31st because it's our bank holiday here. So <laughs> you're not having that one. So one to 30. <laughs> wow. Um, and so 30 days, free activities. It's just ideas. There'll be videos, there's instructions, there'll be prompts. Some wow. days, some days I'll just say, you know, here's this, what are you going to do with it? Um, mm -hmm. those sorts of things so it's just to keep kids busy um or, or adults in fact you could get involved totally. um so yeah so that's kind of, that's going through august um so it's kind of a mad few days for me here at the minute trying to get that that at least some way to being halfway finished um and then Great. august will be a nice calm month where um i'm planning a workshop near the end of it so we run children's workshops pretty much once or twice a month at the moment um i'm planning a workshop for the probably the end of august mid to end of august and um, so that will be coming up now those are advertised again on the website or um on eventbrite um, you can follow me on Eventbrite, little mm -hmm. advert there. Um, and, um, and then September, hopefully, at some point in September, I'm hoping to start um, a, a club as well for kids. Oh, so um, there will be lots of different options because I, you know, I have some followers from all over the world. So not everybody can get my craft packs at the at the at this time. Because mm -hmm. um, I usually send out craft packs to people in the UK and we do workshops with the pack. Um, so right. unfortunately, at the moment, I can't get those out to people. So there's lots of different options. So there'll be some kind of do-it-yourself options where you get all your resources and then I teach. Um, so, yeah, so that's kind of in the pipeline. Whether it, whether it happens at the end of September is another matter. But that's yeah. the, the way that Signini is going. So hopefully, at least by the end of the year, we should have some people signed up for a club. Um, and yeah, lots, lots, lots to look forward to. Really lots to look forward to. Awesome, um, some Debbie. writing, some other interviews. Um, I'm thinking of writing a book. But oh. that's... Uh, <laughs> That's the first cool. time anyone's ever heard about it. So yeah, so that's kind of in the pipeline as well. That's uh, wow. 
kind of like, if you haven't got anything else to do you might as well add that to the list or to job that one <laughs> well i have one last question i thought it was out there for fun is what is yeah. um a crazy i don't know like i'm doing air quotes like a crazy dream that you have um for yourself or um in, in your in your lifetime with some crazy idea or dream that you would like to oh my god oh, I don't know if it's crazy because actually it's if it is my dream then maybe I should make it happen um, yeah I well um just being able to to buy um a really nice house that's big enough for me and plenty of room for, for all my grandchildren that I <laughs> might have one day you never know <laughs> and um animals and um and somewhere for my mum to live and yeah no somewhere out in the country but near the sea and all everything that would mm. be my dream would be to oh, have all that. of that that would be that would Home be perfect for sea. me and just yeah yeah see this side country that side and house in the middle that would be my dream <laughs> very nice so yeah Thank so you. that's my crazy dream I love it it's beautiful thank <laughs> you so much Debbie thanks so much for sharing all your life thank stories you. and your and your business thank you so much journey. thank you so much thank there you any last thing you want to say well no just 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 find me on Signini and um I'd be happy to, for anyone to come and, and find me and um Facebook and maybe and Instagram. Time. Yeah, Facebook, signinicrafts.com. No, just Signini Crafts on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> My Instagram is slightly different because it's a personal account that is developing into a, a business one at the moment. But yeah, no, Facebook mainly um and the website of course um but yeah no it's Great. been really really good and uh and maybe I can come back and we can talk about Hannah another day <laughs> oh yeah yeah um we can definitely do that that would be really good because okay. I, I should probably explain to everyone that Hannah is my daughter and is also very very creative and works alongside me so um yeah we've kind of probably I've talked a lot tonight so I won't bore everybody with <laughs> no that's great that's a perfect um idea to have you both back and mother-daughter duo will be really sweet to hear from. that would be really good she can talk a bit more then and because <laughs> you've heard all my all my stuff now already <laughs> okay well I'll just say official goodbye just for the podcast but thank you again so much Chevy. Thank you very much. It's been lovely to be here. <laughs>